So this week I put out a request for Canada Mom Stories. I'm looking for moms or any parent really to send in stories about how weed or cannabis helps you as a parent. And I got a lot of responses and I'm so excited to share with you. These are all going to be anonymous. So if you have any stories that you want to share, please feel free to email me at bravoandblaze at gmail.com. I promise uh, these are all anonymous. Here's our Canamom story of the day. Weed has helped me create space for clear thinking, healing, and now thriving. Without it, I can't see how my spiritual and physical journey would have gone so far and so, so quickly. It helped me fix the ability to hold true to who I am and co-parent to my stepchildren in a way that supports facilitating their healing and understanding of the world moving forward. Healing yourself heals others. It's like giving yourself the oxygen mask first on the airplane, except you're packing a bowl. I really like that one. I think that's so true. Just parents in general or parenthood in general, I feel like a lot of what we experience is a lot of revisit, revisiting of our own childhood trauma. You know, as I see my children growing up, I'm like, oh my God, this is the kind of situation that has impacted me in a certain way. So now I think about it more and I try to, you know, keep my eyes and mind open so that I can, you know, break whatever generational trauma exists. And I'm trying to be cognizant of that. So uh, thank you for sharing. Again, please feel free to send me your stories. They will be anonymous and I'll be reading them on podcasts and also posting them on social media. everyone. It's your girl, Jenny Blaze, host of Bravo and Blaze, where you can come to get all the latest Bravo updates of the week and maybe kick back, smoke a little, consume some cannabis. This is a safe place. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, follow, comment, review, all those great things so you can help a girl out. Shout out to Serafina. My girl got hacked this week and left me the cutest and sweetest message. And I just want to give a shout out to her and all can of moms out there. We have enough problems. Give me my weed. That's my girl, Serafina. So what happened this week on Bravo? Candy and the gang. We had Chandrika get shut down by Melvin and Patrick. Basically, they were like, um, and I was dying because Patrick does look like a snitch, especially when he was like on the, on the swing and he had this like little devilish grin. I, I thought it was hilarious and I like Patrick. I think he is cute. Um, Dom and Brandon are officially dating and I got a chance to interview Miss Dom Unique and. And she gives us a little insight into her relationship, her current relationship status with Brandon from the cast. 
Um, but yeah, this, this week they had a team building activity. I'm really happy that Philip is cool with Brian because Brian's my boy. I love him. And Brian's not going anywhere. I predict big things for Brian and actually for all uh, the entire cast. So make sure you check out Candy and the Gang. Also, I have an episode with Brian Redman. I'll put a link in my episode description. Make sure you go check that out. What else happened this week? On Monday, Below Deck Sailing Yacht, Tom got fired. Um, I'm not really sad about it I I'm not happy about it I don't really know what to say I I think it was like kind of necessary it he just he needs has some maturing to do I'd like to see him make some progress in the off season and come back someday and be some amazing bosun I don't know um but they did give a talent show for the guests which was so weird it's like the equivalent of being like, dance for me, dance monkey leg, tell me a joke. I mean, ugh, kind of obnoxious, but Gary stripped down and okay. So I used to not like Gary, but I think I kind of like Gary now. And it's so weird to say, because I could not stand him before he reminded me of Ashton so bad. And I just kept thinking like, he's an Ashton 2.0, but this season He's actually showing some growth. He's showing some restraint. He is still caught up in the drama, but that's why I kind of still, you know, like I still like him because he's keeping it interesting while trying to grow. And I like that about him. Plus when he stripped, he wasn't gross about it. He was more goofy about it. And that's kind of, you know, I I like that. What else? Summer house this week. Oh my gosh. They we come in right after, you know, Danielle gets hit with the glass of red wine by Sierra. <sighs> Sierra wound up apologizing. Maya reasons with Sierra. Andrea's heartbroken over Lexi. Oh my gosh. It, what a mess. They went and I don't even know. I talk about, I need to have like a deeper dive, but I did talk about Summer House a little bit with Brian Moylan author of The Housewives, this book that's sitting on my shelf. Um, And we talk about Summer House a little bit. So when that episode comes out, make sure you go check it out. What else happened this week? New Jersey. Oh my gosh. Um, Next week. I don't even remember what happened this week, really. Um, But next week is when Teresa flips out and shoves the drink all over Marge. So that should be good. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Real Housewives of Miami. It was the first episode with the new season on Bravo. I've already watched, so I'm not watching on Bravo. I watched it all on Peacock. I loved it. It's my new favorite franchise. And I did a Housewives as Weed Strains episode in season one. So if you're interested, go check that out. Links will be in my episode description. Orange County. Oh my God, what a mess. They're in Aspen. Um, Emily's pretty funny. Like, I don't like love, love, love her, but I don't hate her either. And I also appreciate a lot of what she's giving. I <laughs> She was really funny when she was just like on the ground and Gina was dragging her. So I don't know. I just, I'm not, 
Emily's cool. I like her. Um, what else happened this week? Uh, why am I blanking right now on OC? Oh, Noella stayed back. Oh, the archery. Yes. Emily was so fun during the whole archery trip during, and she's also a badass. I love that. Cause I feel like I want to do archery and I just feel like I'm going to be really good at it. I don't know. I'm going to be like a catness from hunger games, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Emily was cracking me up. Noella, she went and cried and screamed at the river I mean, I understand this girl is going through a lot. I just, I don't know if I, I, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything because I don't want to put any bad vibes out there, but I just, what I was going to say is I don't know if I would be screaming like that in front of all those cameras, especially because of all the cameras, I think. Like, I don't even know if I would do that when there aren't cameras around. So I don't, think I would ever get to the point where I would do that with cameras around. I just, it's so, I don't know. It's bizarre to me, but anyways, below deck down under, um, this chef is killing me. He is killing me. He is just not budging. I feel bad for Aisha. I, I just love Aisha, but I, oh. Did everyone know that she was living in an ambulance with her boyfriend? Because I had no idea until this last episode. But, ugh, I really am not okay with the chef disrespecting Aisha. You stick to vacuums, I'll stick to cooking. Ew, ew, hate that. And Benny, uh, I think he, he might be getting a pat. He's kind of like the Tom of Below Deck Sailing Yacht, but on Below Deck Down Under. Um, and... I said it before I get confused sometimes, but I think I'm starting to finally like completely separate the two casts because before it was like too much. They both started like at the same time, but whatever, give me blow deck any day. I'll take it. In other news, um, the New Jersey reunion looks came out. I really like them as a whole. I don't know if I loved any single look on its own, but as a whole, I liked it. Um, the Beverly Hills trailer came out and the new cast photos, the new cast photos, love, love, love. And again, I don't know if there's like any one single look that I'm like, uh, I'm in love with, but they're not bad either. Um, the trailer was interesting. Erica seems to be in the hot seat again. So this will be interesting. I love ourselves saying, I don't have to make you look bad. You do that on your own. Ooh, that was good. Um, Mike from Shaw's of sunset got arrested for domestic violence against Paulina. I said it before many times. Mike has always been most likely to end up on dateline for me out of all Bravo labs. And now this happened. So am I a witch? Some would say yes. I think so. Um, but I do think, uh, I think they canceled Shaw's because of Mike's arrest. My theory is they, the police are involved now. Like, I don't think Paulina 
hopefully Paulina never goes back to Mike. And I don't, I think there's people because this is in the spotlight. I think that they're luckily she's going to be a, a woman in a domestic violence situation who hopefully gets out because of the cameras and the spotlight. But I feel like my theory is that because the, you know, law for law enforcement is involved, maybe Bravo was just like, you know what? It was kind of turning shitty anyways. Like, let's just cancel this. I don't feel like fighting with the law to get, you know, like, what are we going to show if they show everything or they got everything? So, you know, I kind of understand them scrapping it, but who knows the real reason? I hope they have spinoffs. I was talking to my, one of my besties, Bravo and T about how amazing it would be to have OGs from Vanderpump Rules mash together, remix, reboot with people from Shaw's and not everyone because I could live without Nima. I could live without Mike, um, but definitely Gigi. I need Gigi, MJ, Reza, and Destiny. Love Destiny. So hopefully, oh, I'm so bummed about that. I hope we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Anyways, um, shout out to see you next Tuesday on Instagram who posted the Abercrombie trailer. That's going to be coming out. I think on Netflix soon. So I have a funny story. I, they used to do college campus recruiting at my school. And so I, interviewed with Abercrombie and went to their headquarters back in 2004. I think it was true that. Yeah. 2004. And I remember just being like, this is like, so weird. Like it was a little weird. And, um, oddly enough, my, my husband who went to the same school as me, but I didn't, we didn't know each other back then. We found out that we both got recruited. We both went to the Abercrombie headquarters out in Columbus, Ohio. I think it was somewhere in Ohio. And uh, my husband, my so when you go, you get a tour of their whole facility. It looks like a treehouse. It's like very different. Um, and you meet the CEO. And the CEO comes down during lunch and he like gives like a little talk and then he takes questions or whatever. Um, I didn't ask a question during my visit, but my husband told me that he raised his hand and was um, asking about, you know, the Abercrombie image and the way he explained it to me. I go, you basically asked the CEO of Abercrombie why he hates fat people. And I just, so now like, that's a thing with us. We talk about it all the time and we both have our own experiences at Abercrombie. So after that documentary comes out, I think I might do a special podcast episode with my husband and we're going to talk about our experiences at Abercrombie. I'm super excited for that. Next up, I have my special guest, Queen Board. She is on TikTok. She's on all social media, but on TikTok, she has over 55,000 followers and she scored a major job 
from being on TikTok. It's pretty amazing. Can't wait for y'all to hear it. Let's get lit. Are you a smoker? No. But I like edibles. I, I, so you're, you're a canna friendly person. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I, I think it's ridiculous that it's not legal. And I think it's ridiculous that we've made it legal, but haven't expunged these criminal records. Oh my God. Like we got to do something about that. Oh Um, my God. Don't even get me started. I'll sit here all day. But I will tell you something funny, which you will appreciate. My senior thesis in college, because I was a sociology major, was actually, I didn't know if, if, marijuana is really a gateway drug Mm -hmm. and me and my research team we did over a thousand surveys from kids who were on my college campus Mm -hmm. and when we compiled all the data what we found was that the predictor for if people were going to use harder drugs had nothing to do with marijuana it was how young they were when they smoked their first cigarette Ooh, interesting weird right and that people who actually drank and smoked cigarettes before the age of 13 were the largest population in the survey who had tried harder drugs like heroin and that type of stuff wild right that's very nothing to do with marijuana yeah that that's really interesting because now you don't see as many people smoking but you see kids vaping and that to me is weird to see as like a millennial older generation Mm -hmm. I'm like we used to smoke cigarettes which I think vaping is better not saying it's healthy Mm -hmm. but it's less harmful in my opinion but um, I I wonder what the impact like the downstream impact of that will be because like you like your study 2002 so a long time ago 20 years ago yeah so I wonder in what we're gonna see (laughs) now at kids who have parents who vape or like Mm -hmm. me I, I vape I am a cannabis consumer. Mm-hmm. I I don't smoke it that much. I mostly vape mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. because I am a mom and like the smell is pretty strong and right. um, people are judgy and I don't want it to like, it's mostly like a social thing um, mm-hmm. and the judgment, the stigma versus my kids because I'm growing plants right now and I teach my kids about the plant and mm-hmm. I educate them on what it is and with and I try to teach them my values of what I think they should do I would obviously never break the law so I mm-hmm. try to be as responsible as possible I lock up my stuff it's out of mm-hmm. reach you know not left unattended or anything like that and um but they might see me smoke and so I talk to them about it well, I think that's what we have to do. You talk. You have to talk to your kids, yeah. right? It's like with because anything. Parents drink. Parents will drink in front of their kids with yeah. no bomb about it. Yeah. And listen, 
I, I'm a big, I'm a really, like, this is, goes back to the law not catching up with society, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always a little bit behind the eight ball. So, but I do think that we grew up in, like, the 80s, and it was, like, just say no, and it was, was bad. for madness. Yes. Remember those commercials? Like, yes, where did you get this? I, I know, did it because I, I learned it from you, Dad. Right, and I would like argue that most of the parents, you know, from like, being teenagers in the '60s and '70s, mm-hmm. I mean, they were around that culture. They created this culture. So then you're mm-hmm. raising an entire generation to think like it's bad. Right. But then at the same time, they were at high school parties and college parties, and they were, you know, so it was just it. Like when you look back at the hypocrisy of everything as it relates mm-hmm. to, I guess, all drugs, if you think yeah. about it, the boomers yeah. have a lot of explaining to do. They do. It's their fault. The boomers <laughs> owe us an explanation. I wanted to have you on because one, I think you're amazing. I found you Thank on you. TikTok and I don't even really go on TikTok. So finding you, I feel like <laughs> has a lot for just like what exists on TikTok. Cause again, I don't really go, like I am there. I have a presence, but I just reuse a lot of my main content Mm -hmm. and I post it to my TikTok. And so I actually got like 1300 followers just from that, which is like, yeah, I was like, oh, this is cool. So I didn't know that there were features like once you get to a thousand, the live feature opens. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we can do a live together. Yeah, let's do it sometime. What would be so? What before we go into talking about what we're gonna do in a TikTok live Mm -hmm. (laughs) coming soon? Everyone listening. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you how you even got started. Okay, so I was one of those people in March of 2020 that suddenly was home with my children, home with my husband, home with a geriatric dog who we ended up losing in May of 2020. Um, And like, I'm a hypochondriac by nature. Me too. So all of the, all of the the chaos of like not knowing and all this other stuff just like sort of fell on me. And like many people, I ended up on TikTok, I kept seeing like all of the videos that they would show on TV and whatever. I'm like, I'll just sign on. Mm-hmm. So for like the first two months, I want to say, I just was like viewing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of became an outlet for me to talk about the things that I thought were important that were going on in our country at the time, uh, political issues, social issues, that type of stuff. So that's like the space that I fell into. And I apologize to my followers who first started following me with that. But what I did was I would use sounds of Bravo liberties because I love Bravo. Oh my God. Why are you apologizing for that? I love that. Well, I just think I really, you know, I pivoted. Because I ended up working on the Biden Digital Coalition, which got 
Yeah, so you because got that from you starting your TikTok account. That right. part right there, I think, is so amazing that people don't mm-hmm. understand or even take serious seriously mm-hmm. sometimes is that social media is a very powerful tool for your career and just like your life and your goals and what you want to mm-hmm. do with yourself. So and I just want to I point mean, that out. I think it's totally, it's so amazing. And I love that story. So, but it was awesome. great too, because we had like this amazing coalition on our team of people that were high, like seniors in high school, all the way up to TikTok grandma, who by the way, Mary Jo, she always hashtags TikTok grandma, but she's like only six or seven years older than me. So (laughs) I'm like, we're like the same age. Wait, (laughs) 41. I'm 41. I just turned 40. So she's like 47 and she's a grandma or she's just calling herself a grandma. No, no, she's a grandma. She had kids in her twenties and her kids have kids now. Yeah. 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 And she's great. (laughs) But we had this wide range of like super creative people. And it was so nice because you you missed that social connection and purpose in a way. So it was great. But as soon as the election was over, I was just so burnt out from political TikTok. Um, It was exhausting. Emotionally taxing. Mm -hmm. It was very emotionally taxing. And, you know, so always while doing this, I would sprinkle in my interests, reality TV, reading, home stuff that, you know, I always like have a spattering. I I think if you find my profile and you're like, oh, she's just one thing. No, (laughs) I could be doing a post about how I feel about writing legislation that serves no purpose. But then the next minute I could be doing a post talking about, you know, the Beverly Hills trailer. I mean, there, right. you know, if you're coming to me for one specific thing, I'm not that person. Yeah. Sir. You make a good point with that because I find that with social media, like it used to be just like Facebook, right. Or just mm-hmm. But now you have Instagram and TikTok there. And I mean, I don't know if YouTube's really considered a social media. I feel like it's more just like people go there to consume tons of information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, it is social media because they now have like their shorts, which are basically like TikToks and Instagram has reels. So really it's not like the platform I think anymore that people need to look at when they start doing social media, it's more like, who are you? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost like how people get caught up in a logo. They're like, well, what's my name going to be? And what's the logo? It's Mm -hmm. like, well, what do you stand behind first? What are your values? Who are you? And Mm -hmm. then, and then just start sharing that and see you know, like what that evolves into. I, I don't know. For me, that's like the the most natural and organic way to grow on social well, media. Well, I agree with you. And I also think like you, I think we were DMing about this one day where you were like, find your why. Yeah. Because I said, I really, you know, <clears throat> I always will take like breaks away from social media because truthfully, I think sometimes it can get a little dark. It can get a little toxic. It can get a little draining. 
Yeah. And I don't know how like young creators, adolescents, they're like all, of, all the time. <laughs> I don't know like how they, I, I don't know how they can handle the stress and the anxiety of it. Because truthfully, like I will sometimes have people say things about how I speak or how I look or, oh, you know, yeah. just, and it's, and, and I'm like a big girl and ice runs through my veins, but I'm human and it still can like hurt you, Yeah, you know? 100%. And so I, I think it's kind of, it's kind of like you have to be your own police officer Yeah. on yeah. Yeah, I talk about that with a few people, especially like Bravo Lebs. I think I was talking to uh, Danny Suarez from Below Deck Sailing. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. into love, 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 love her. Okay. She was talking. I mean, you know her. Have you seen Below Deck Sailing? I think you said you watched that. I right? love it. I, I watched that. I watch all the Below Decks. I'm so a you know, girl. yeah. Oh, I love Below Deck. So you know, Danny had a baby with yes. now who has. JL has confirmed it finally mm-hmm. after the baby was born, after she went through such like I can't imagine like I I already know how tough it is to have a baby as a single mom with no support system she also her because of COVID she also was having difficult time like her mother just came out to see the baby now the baby I think is like 10 months now but imagine going the first 10 months or even before that, your entire pregnancy and then 10, the first 10 months of your baby's life all alone. It's Awful. insane. And like, she got so much hate because of like JL or whoever, I don't know who even <laughs> supports JL in that moment. But Misogyny is real. No, it's misogyny ins- is real. It's insane. And yeah, actually, it was a lot of misogyny because they're like, oh, you trapped him or what? Like, give me a break, whatever. So she was saying, you know what? I just delete. <laughs> and I like, because I used to think when I first started, I was like, I'm not going to delete. I want like full transparency. I want to be authentic and, you know, let people have their voice. I don't want to like have to, you know, like freedom of speech, whatever. So mm-hmm. at first right. I was like, um, there wasn't much hate in the beginning, but then, you know, as you get, as you start to grow, you, grow when it comes. you start to speak up on things that may be triggering for some other people, um, then they feel, you know, comfortable online saying whatever they want. And mm-hmm. I think that's like, that's actually, it kind of motivated me because it is so hurtful and I can understand like from anyone's point of view to get hate messages or like, have you seen some of the Bravo Lab DMs they get? Like Crystal Minkoff mm-hmm. and Robin Dixon, they would post like mm-hmm. death threats. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. If you are getting mm-hmm. to that level, like you need to check yourself. I'm thinking of that one girl to Kate on Below Deck. You need to check yourself. <laughs> Well, but you know what's crazy though? So this is this is how I navigate it. I feel that my content that I create is not a space for someone else to hijack it yeah. with negativity. Yeah. If something that I create 
creates such a visceral response in you that you spam comment on my videos, hateful things. That's where I draw the line. Those people you need cannot hijack my content. I yeah. will like I don't. We can respectfully disagree. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah, all. Share that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think we just as content creators have to protect our space yeah. and have to stay true to like who we are. Agreed. Like I don't think you should ever allow like likes or follows or comments to be the barometer for your happiness mm-hmm. and for your success 100%. in life. Oh, 100%. I think so many people on social media, it's really become all-consuming for them. Like, that is what drives their feelings of self-worth. I know. And so when you, like, come across people like that, like, I do think it's a little bit dangerous in a way. Yeah. It, it- Oh, 100% there are dangerous people online mm-hmm. who are triggered by the things that like, I would never even think of, <laughs> or like, or they get so passionate about what they're seeing on TV and forget that at the end of the day, there is a, an entire production team surrounding these people as they're fighting or whatever. So mm-hmm. take that first with a grain of salt, the fact that their behavior may not be completely authentic as if you were watching them and they didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, I think people forget about that, but then also they also forget that we are only seeing clips that are highly edited and produced and there's a storyline and the producers have an agenda to entertain and get numbers. So we have to all remember that. And if we do get emotional or upset, that to me is when I'm like, ding, ding, ding. What is triggering me? Mm-hmm. Why am I having such a, like, such a strong reaction to this? Mm-hmm. It's not that person, you know? And if I ever met that person, even if I see JL on the street, I'm never going to be like, you suck, JL. <laughs> I mean, well, I might do that, but I wouldn't say to his face. Right, right. Just kidding. I would not do that. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there's, it's just weird to me how people can, they get so emotional and they're, instead of looking at themselves, they're like taking their anger out on others. It's insane. Well, and I, I, I think also, I mean, I've been a consumer of reality TV for a very, very long time. I have been watching Bravo since its mm-hmm. inception into the reality TV space. And you watch Queer Eye and Project Runway, mm-hmm. like OG days back then, yeah, before Housewives. Runway now, yeah, before Housewives. When yeah. Jonathan Anderson, yeah. I mean, there, there's so many great shows, but yeah. I really feel that reality TV has also taken a little bit of a turn mm-hmm. with the level of, I want to say, monetary success that these people who are cast members on a lot of these shows receive. You know, it used mm-hmm. to be that they monetized it based on deals that they could get or just having, like Bravo and production didn't pay them huge salaries. They got paid like in very little other, yeah, and other types of work. 
Right. And they so now I think, they be, almost become influencers. Right. So now I think like when we look at a lot of our favorite housewives, I mean, they're making huge paychecks mm-hmm. and they are also, I think, self-producing themselves yeah. to maintain said paychecks. Yeah. And so I think we have lost a little bit of that like magical like golden era moment of reality TV, at least as it relates to housewives. I think that's why when you watch like Below Deck, yeah, we enjoy it so much. Yeah, it's not, like an escape to watch Below <laughs> Deck. Because they're not making like a million dollars a season, you know? They're not getting paid that type of money. Like it reminds me more of the old days yeah. or even like when Vanderpump Rules started. Yes, like, yes. You know, and now they're all like multimillionaires living in, you know, I know San Fernando Valley. And they so make a lot of it. money outside of the show just from their brand deals and all that. Yes. Yeah. You're totally right. I think that when I think about what's happened to reality TV, I think so much of it is just how rich these people on certain shows have gotten yeah. making reality TV. Yeah. It, it, it changes, I think, the dynamic. Have you ever seen, um, shoot, what is the name of it? It's like a series on the nineties, the dark side of the nineties on Hulu. Why do I think I have? They talk about reality TV and over the years, how it's changed and Uh what it's done to our culture and like how there's been there's been um, points in time, like major milestones where things have happened, like the Jenny Jones. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I did Jones. see it. I saw it, yes. Yeah, where that guy, he murdered someone for bringing him on the show and revealing mm-hmm. that he had a crush on him or whatever. And that's when they were like, does Jenny Jones have liability in this case? And that was during the Jerry Springer times and like mm-hmm. and Maury literally attacking each other on tv and nobody <laughs> was doing anything about it no like, we loved it i mean that we was did like, it was so I mean, good it was on but 24 it was so 7 they were it was on 24 7 there yeah. was that show what was the show i loved it was like the blind date show um i love a first date and a blind date. well it was it, but it was it was like a dating show that was so popular like back in the 90s the mtv the name of it Single it was now? on the WB. No, it was on like the WB. Um, but it was, it was, they got set up on a blind date and you followed them throughout the date, which lasted the whole entire day. And the people were like train wrecks. I think it was called Blind Date. I think that was the name of it. They but it was also, a great show. We'll like, have to Google it afterwards. They but. got so desperate trying to hang on to that initial spark. Yeah, that initial spark in reality TV. Like there was a peak point in reality TV where like everyone's like, give me more, give me more like DNA mm-hmm. tests, more fighting, more mystery, mm-hmm. whatever. But then they were trying to make fetch happen when it wasn't happening anymore. Yeah. And that's when we wind up with shows like I think on MTV there was like naked dating or something. I'm like, this is enough. That's when they <laughs> lost me. I'm like, <laughs> Come on, this too is far. Too much, too much. But what do you think is the biggest difference between Bravo TikTok and like Bravo 
Instagram or Twitter. I don't know. Is there a Bravo presence on uh, Snapchat? <laughs> Are there? You got me. I'm not on Snapchat. I, I, have it I can't figure filter. it out. I play with the filter with my yeah. kids sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, my feeling is each of the mediums has its own personality. It does. And I think, and I think I told you this because you were like, well, I'm putting stuff that I put on Instagram. I'm putting it over on TikTok. And remember I said, it's great, but instead of reposting it, put your thought process behind it and just like speak for like 15 seconds on what you would have written. I was like, I cannot take it on right now, but yes, I love it. No, no, but like, I think that that's really the, the difference between an Instagram and a TikTok, for instance. I think it's a very similar vibe of content creation, yeah. but I do think that when you have to sit there and not be a keyboard warrior and, or screenshot like articles yeah. from page six and just put it up, like so many successful Instagram accounts do and like kudos to them. Like, I think yeah. it's great. You know, you can go to Instagram or Twitter and it's like a one-stop shop for yeah you know, everything you need to know in the Bravo universe for the day. I think TikTok is like, people want to know, like, it's that person thinking the same thing that I am. Or, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Right. But now that they've mentioned it, wow. Or I completely disagree. I think it's it's more conversational. Mm -hmm. I think it lets, it a little. Do you get a lot more comments on TikTok? Because- I have like a couple TikToks that went a little wild and the mm-hmm. ones that got comments like a lot, mm-hmm. I actually was a little bit afraid of TikTok after that because they were brutal, like worse than Instagram for sure, but may even be worse than Twitter and Twitter housewives is bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. shocked. I was like, I thought this was like for little kids. <laughs> Like I'm thinking my 12 year old is on TikTok and I'm like, oh, they're going to be like, he, he funny old lady on, on TikTok. But mm-hmm. no, it was like, they were brutal. Well, I think that there's certain Bravo celebrities who definitely have a much more, I don't want to say aggressive fan base, but like we could use the toxic. word passionate and toxic, <laughs> passionate and toxic. And, you know, I definitely, for my mental health, have found that I just won't post about them. Yeah. I'll talk about something else. Yeah, I don't know about Candace or Monique, never. There's plenty of other I don't even do Jersey anymore, actually, because it's been, it's not fun. Jersey's been tough. Jersey's been tough. I mean, I I think, I, I think that if, once you, once you realize like, okay, this is a group, a group of people come out whenever I talk about this subject or this person, mm-hmm. do I care enough to handle the onslaught of negative comments? Do I care enough to handle, you know, possible mass reporting or all of that stuff? If I don't, I don't post about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt very strongly about my don't say gay bill post. I have not done a political 
type of post in a long time, but I don't even think it's so much political as it's just like humanity. Yeah. That's what makes me sad about this stuff. It's just like mm-hmm. hum- humane side that, you know, so will I virulently like protect stuff like that? Yes, because I care so deeply about it. Right. I don't care if I'm going to get hateful comments because maybe someone who sees that post will say, I never thought about it that way. She's got a point. Mm-hmm. It must be sad for those kids. Maybe this is a stupid bill, you know? So yeah. you always like, I'm willing to put up with things if I know it could have like a positive yeah. impact. Yeah, but that's something that I don't care about. Like if it's something that like means nothing to me, I won't put myself through it. Right. It's, right. it's not yeah. worth it. That's so I I get nervous about posting things regarding my cannabis advocacy because people uh-huh. have really strong reactions to it. So I try to be very careful in what I do post because some people just go off. Like one person was just was relentless in something about smoking weed and addiction, which is a trigger warning. Like Mm -hmm. I should have put a trigger warning on it. And I know now going forward. So it was a learning lesson, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I wound up working at working it out with that person. Like there's no, well, see, I think something you feel very passionate, you feel passionately about your cannabis app. And so my feeling is that when these people come out and they're having a very strong opposing response to mm-hmm. the content that you've created around your advocacy, let's say, yeah. always ask, I think the best thing to do, and I learned this when doing um, Democrat, you know, working on the Biden campaign, respond with a question. Like, mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's not so toxic where they're just, you know, shouting bull like you know bullshit or whatever but you say like you know thank you for commenting but I'd really like to know what about this post has upset you so much and I think that a lot of times I don't think they are met with that kind of a response yeah I usually do that in the dms I don't I'll like say something polite to like Mm -hmm. close up the comment thread but then I go into the dm and I just straight out ask them, like, mm-hmm. like, let's talk it out. Like, I don't, I don't like come in aggressive. I'm just like, can, I don't know. It depends on the situation, but I do right. approach it in a way that's like, let's talk about it. Let me hear your side of the story. Like, right. I'm open. It's an advocacy I'm, thing. Yeah. I'm totally open to other people's opinions, but you can't just scream at me. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. And then be like, because, you know, like, no, tell me why I'm wrong. I'm, I'm right. Or tell me why this has upset you so much. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we don't ask that of yeah. people, especially and, on social media. Yeah, because people are triggered by different things. Like we don't mm-hmm. know what's triggering um, other people. I, that's exactly. what I'm learning the most is that I'm like so nervous sometimes to post things. So I'm like, oh my God, is someone going to be triggered by this? And then I just prepare myself. Okay, if they are, I'm not coming from a bad place and I can speak to this as long as uh-huh. it's polite and, you know, respectful. Right. So, right. And but, their block feature exists for a reason. What's that? Oh, the block they feature. have the ability to block 
for a reason. And that is a tool that I utilize um, quite a bit. I won't necessarily delete comments, but I will block because it's a protection of my emotional, mental space. Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's completely fair. Um, Before we go though, what is your, Mm -hmm. currently your favorite show on Bravo in the current lineup? So we got Candy and the Gang, we got Below Deck Sailing Yacht, Summer House, Real Housewives of New Jersey, Real Housewives of Orange County, Real Housewives of Miami, and Below Deck Down Under. I don't usually- Well, I think Miami blew everyone out of the water. I think Miami, hands down, was such a great reboot, such an enjoyable- such an enjoyable season. I mean, I didn't love the Miami cast when it was on seasons one through three. I wasn't like a huge fan. What about so season I went two? And- you didn't love season <laughs> two? No. I loved though. I love, love, loved the reboot. Yeah. I loved, how, so good. I loved how it was produced. I loved the yes. cast. Peacock it was so good right now. I thought it was perfection. And then I'm a, I, you know, at below deck. I have to tell you, I'm really enjoying Down Under. Is it the captain? Because he's just so easy so on the cute. eyes. He's so and cute. He's, but... yeah, and he's adorable, like his personality and his character. Oh my gosh. I mm-hmm. love him. He's a cutie, but I think it's a great cast. Um, and yeah. I love Below Deck selling that. I do. love the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, like, that Ashley is stage five clinger alert. On a different level. <laughs> I want to just like shake her a little bit and be like, girlfriend. Like, it gets not, worse. Like you are not a 10 in the pool of life. She like, is acting like that. And like. She's got like that it, hot girl mentality from the small yeah. town. Like where she was like the hottest yeah. girl in town with a thousand people. Yeah, she's so, used like, to getting whatever she wants. Right. And I, I don't like it. it. I, it yeah. scares me. I know because she just she you're, like I just want to shake her and be like you're 23 the world is your oyster be a good person yeah yeah person yes. be be um don't like don't be so toxic like yeah like learn who you are try to be a good person and just focus on growing because you're only 23 right oh my gosh go back right I mean I get it if she wants to like go around and have sex or whatever but like right. I'm sex positive but so, why is she so like bent out of shape over Gary and, but that's what kills me it's like Gary I don't get it like what like is, I actually kind of do get it now like I think I might have a crush on Gary now like I went from ill Gary mm-h. like I hated Gary almost at the same level as Ashton I did not stand Ashton. I thought he was just the worst. And then Gary comes along. I was like, this is Ashton 2.0. I was just so angry. And then this season, I'm like, Gary is kind of cute. Like he, the way he stripped, like the difference between Gary and Ashton is Ashton's in the pool, like flexing his muscles. Gary's like goofy about it. You know, like when he stripped, he like, did it in a oh, funny way it wasn't like like the banana gross. boxers yeah, yeah it wasn't like gross and he is kind of funny but yeah I, I mean Gary but I mean like, people are messing with Gary <laughs> I, I would I, not go near that 
I mean, I was happy to see Tom go. I think that was, yeah, I mean, that was I've yeah. never seen little Glenn get, Captain Glenn get so just like that on the shade. He threw up like almost on Glenn the first night. <laughs> that was like red flag number one. I mean, so I can't I mean, be mad at him. I, whatever, he's I, young. I can't be mad at him either, but like, you know, Glenn is just like such a nice guy. Like um, I loved when we were introduced to Glenn because I kind of am like off the Captain Lee bandwagon. I, I had a tough time with him recently. Um, but Glenn is just so cute. Like you want to put him in your pocket and like take him with you, you know? I don't know. I so like to see him get so nice though. Isn't he too nice for Captain? No, I mean, I, I think I think that's why he's seeing how he was with Tom. Where he like you saw him process everything. He's yeah, like, he, and you just feel like Glenn. I feel so bad for you. Like I know that this was hard for you, Captain Glenn. Like yeah. So I thought that was I a do like yeah. moment this past week. I like him as a professional the most. Like he's not mm-hmm. someone who just like gets pissed and starts yelling. He's very calm. I mean, he did that one time. He's like whatever when he hit. <laughs> When he hit the dock, I would be too. Like that was, yeah. I was like, I had anxiety that entire season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, yeah. Glenn is He's awesome, so but Captain Jason is like, I. Oh no, he's I like, would be he's all like nothing on that. I would be all up on seen. that. I yeah. I, oh my gosh, I love him. But I think Asia is. It's nice to see her as a cheap stew. I, I love, love her. her. And I love her, but like she's got to put the hammer down a little bit more. I think with the she, chef. Well, with the chef, and then also Magda. That girl has her phone. <laughs> she's on so her. wild. She's like, like got her nipple out and like was yeah. dancing around the. Like, what, what was, was doing that? that with that makeup and the hair? I mean, it was just insane. Yeah, it was. Like, but but I just am like, Isha, you need to tell her to put her, keep her phone in her cabin. She's not allowed to have her phone while she's working because poor Toomey is like doing everyone's I job. Know. Toomey is so good. She's I like Toomey. really good. She, I, I her. her as like the next chief stew, maybe. Her so. tablescapes are perfection. I uh, have like a woman boner over her tablescapes. I know. <laughs> I was like, to me you can write your ticket like yeah oh my gosh where does she find all the stuff to make them so gorgeous I know I think about that every time I'm like who has all these little (laughs) I mean somebody I mean obviously they thought about it but I'm like well you know who would die over her tablescapes Captain Sandy yeah Captain Sandy would have a lady boner for sure Loves tablescape. She is very big on. <laughs> so she would love Toomey. I mean, I think Toomey needs to do a crossover onto Below Deck Net. You know what? Wait, who's the Chief Stew over there right now? Is it? It's the not one on. last season was she's a brunette. Um, oh, she good. left. Oh, so there's an opening for Chief, Chief Stew with Captain Sandy. Gotta get to me there. Let's put it into the universe because Sandy would die over her tablescapes. She would. And I like, 
I, I don't like Sandy, but I don't think she's going anywhere either. So I'm going to watch, but <laughs> I don't dislike Sandy. I need, I, a, think, I need a good chief stew with her. I don't dislike Sandy. I just didn't like what happened with Malia and Hannah because I'm a Hannah girl. I loved Hannah. Do you know that? Okay. (laughs) This is the last thing I just want to tie up real quick. Social media has been so amazing once I finally leaned into what I love and mm-hmm. tuned out all the negativity that mm-hmm. I've heard over the years. Like my father cringes so bad and rolls his eyes all the way off the boat when whenever I talk about, you know, Bravo and House. Uh-huh. But I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. And I just leaned into it. Hannah reached out to me and asked me to be on her podcast. That oh was God. the first time wait was it or maybe the second time I I went on a podcast ever as a guest the first time was another Bravo account Bravo Yinzer I definitely have to give her a shout Mm -hmm. out because like she gave me a career (laughs) she's my she's my Kim Kardashian or my Paris Hilton whatever but no I love Hannah that's amazing I think she's great and I hated how that ended and I really I'm not a Malia fan no. So it's just like she won't go away. I mean, it's, it's we're stuck with her. Do you think I she's gonna like. be captain someday? I cannot, I cannot watch that. I don't know, but she's just been like she's been. I probably will in, though. <laughs> no, I will always watch Below Deck, but yeah. I just like from the moment we met Malia with the love triangle with them with the chef. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. always like one unprofessional thing after another. Yeah. And then Hannah get fired. Yeah. Because she's having a panic attack. Yeah. And took medication. Like who yeah. died and do this, you know, moral um, majority. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally get that. that. So yeah, that's the only too. that's my sticking point with Captain Sandy. But otherwise, I really I think Chumi and Captain Sandy would hit it off. <laughs> I do too. Well, we're running out of time. So yes. thank you so much, Leah, for being here. I really appreciate you joining Jenny. me. I love your TikTok page. What do you guys call it? Like your tick my TikTok? My TikTok I don't account? Know. My TikTok page. My 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 TikTok Queen Board on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. And everyone who's listening, make sure you go follow Queen Aboard. Is there an FL in there? Queen Aboard. FL. Okay, so Queen Board is my TikTok. Okay, Queenboard Queen FL is my Instagram and my Twitter because Queenboard was taken, and I live in Florida, so it's Queenboard FL. And then my YouTube is just Queenboard, and so oh, the YouTube I didn't is know you where YouTube. I yeah. Maybe we can go live on YouTube. Yes, or so that's where or all the deep maybe both get posted. Yeah, so maybe that's- we can do both. Well, that's what I love about modern day technology. I I don't know if I told you this. I went to school for information technology and arts. Okay. At the time, like not knowing, you know, what I was going to, 
what I was going to do with my life. Who knew that like even social media was a thing at that time, you know? So I thought in my mind, I was going to be like some cool graphic, graphic artist or designer in like New York city or something, but I wound up designing, uh, insurance software instead (laughs) for 15 years and I hated it. And now I feel like I'm finally in a place where like, I'm so grateful that I get to explore a little bit more of like my interests because the information technology part is like, yeah, I know how technology works, but part of my degree was, um, I remember this one class where we talked about the impacts of technology in society, in our culture. Mm -hmm. It's just so fascinating to me where we are today and how technology has helped shit like shape that and even like going back to real housewives like Jen Shaw I kind of feel like she may be or she may be able to get away like technically legally innocent in the eyes of the law because the law is not caught up to technology no one back in the day ever said like oh someday someone's gonna have these robots that go and message millions of people a day like they didn't think like that Mm -hmm. so now that the technology is available and people are able to take advantage of it there haven't been there there hasn't been an established structure in place to say like you know we're gonna say that's against the law because morally Mm -hmm. taking money from old people when they don't really know what's going on you know based under whatever these very shady you know, like the language that you're using with them, you know, so I think they're trying to use Jen Shaw's case as an example, because it's like, I think they changed the law after she already started and she just never stopped. Cause I, I used to work for a company that sold leads as their main income. Wow. Yeah. That was, it was legal at one point. Well, so I think the thing that she's going to be in trouble with is that all of her co-defendants have already pled guilty yeah so I don't know I tend to think that the government does not usually prosecute unless they have a strong case do I think yeah I think they do for 20 years no probably not I think this falls under like white collar crime yeah I don't think she's going to be walking the world freely. Right, right. I think... I don't know. That's just where my head goes. I mean, I think she will serve jail time. Whether it's what they want it to be or what the current laws say it should be, I don't think. But I think she is probably going to go to jail. 